Hello and welcome into Brewcast for Maze and Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Giardi, joined tonight by Scotty White as we uh, are live with you Monday, November 1st, as we head into Tuesday, November 2nd. We're live on the Maze and Brew YouTube channel right now. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, you can catch us every Monday night about 7.30 doing the live stream recording of Brewcast. Uh, if you're with us live right now on, on Maze of Brew, David uh, Kinani. I apologize if I screwed that up, man, but uh, he said I'm super excited for this live stream. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> excited is one way to put it, I guess. We'll, we'll see about that. But uh, Scotty White, man, uh, taking over. Obviously, Stephen uh, has moved on to another opportunity. Uh, Scotty with me here tonight, contributor at Maze of Brew. He's with us on the Pick'em podcast as well. Scotty, what's going on, man? Introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us a little bit about you. What's up, guys? Um, first off, I want to give David a shout out. That's one of my roommates. Good to see he's watching the show. Um, but yeah, um, just started here at Mason Brew uh, this year. This is my first season, currently in my senior year at U of M. Um, yeah, an unfortunate week to uh, be on the uh, on the show for the first time following uh, the first loss. But I am I am still excited to talk about the game because I need, I need to vent about it, like you said earlier, Luke. Yeah, this is going to be, uh, might, might be a bit of a, a venting session here. We'll see. We're going to talk about the game, yeah. obviously, Saturday. We're going to look ahead uh, to what's at stake, uh, GDRCO. Big thanks to you for checking in from Westminster, Colorado. I love it, man. Um, so, I guess, Scotty, we'll, we'll go ahead and jump right into it. First, before we get into the game, though, man, you were in East Lansing. Uh, you were over there for the game. What was the atmosphere like that day, man? It looked like a wild, wild time. It was, yeah. I mean... The day started early, 5.30 a.m., got up, um, and yeah, everybody was already out on the streets. Uh, I went to I went to the game my freshman year, uh, last 2018, when we played in East Lansing. Um, definitely definitely a little more uh, a ruckus this time around. Um, everybody was, you know, walking down the street, everybody, I guess, to every Michigan fan is saying, go green. Um, and yeah, I was frustrating. Like my dad told me, he said, I, I don't know why you went there. Like he, you knew it would not be a good time. And it, it really wasn't honestly. Um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it, it still was a good atmosphere though. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, feels good to be back in Ann Arbor. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Uh, unfortunately, we're, we're talking about a loss here uh, in, instead of a win, which is what it looked like it was going to be for uh, a little bit of that game, probably a good portion of that game, to be quite honest with you. But obviously, Michigan Falls 37-33 in East Lansing on Saturday. The Paul Bunyan uh, stays in East Lansing. And I, I don't know, man, I, I, I don't know what to make of this game because obviously it's uh, – <laughs> Uh, Zane Jones, he said he was verbally assaulted every 10 feet. Sounds about oh, right. Yeah, he was, he was with, I was with him. So yeah. another one of my roommates there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't. He got called a very mean name for just carrying a frozen pizza. Um, someone said that pizza's fake and called him a very mean name. Um, yeah, we were getting verbally assaulted quite often. Jesus, man. <laughs> well, yeah. It probably would have probably would have been easier to muster if Michigan comes away with a victory Definitely. in that one. But, uh well, uh, first thoughts, you know, on the game, obviously Michigan held a 16-point lead in the second half. Yeah. Looked like the thing could have been over. Uh, turning point of the game, at least for me, was Michigan State converting a, a really tough fourth down, beautiful pass from Peyton yeah. Thorne. Dax Hill got beat on that fourth down, set up that touchdown to get him back within eight after the two-point conversion. 
but at, at the end of the day, you know, uh, Michigan didn't make the plays that they needed to down the stretch to come away with a win. You know, what, what were your thoughts on this game, Scotty? Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, that fourth down was, I mean, you got to think if Michigan gets a stop on that play, they win the game. I mean, that was getting late into the third quarter, getting the ball back up 16. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the players and coaches were preaching last week, like it comes down to composure, execution, and unfortunately it just, it didn't happen in the end. Um, the fumble, uh, from McCarthy and Blake on that exchange was, was killer. I mean, got the ball up three, just had a great kick return. I'm thinking, all right, punch it in here. Michigan's that's, that's game up by 10. Yep. Um, I was also surprised with the call on third and three before the, um, fourth down turnover on the second to last possession for Michigan. Um, they went with a deep ball on third and three. Kind of thought they yeah. should have ran it there. You know you're going to be going for it if it's fourth down. Chances are you're going to either get a first down or get it to one or two yards on the fourth down play to maybe set up just like a QB sneak or something. So I was kind of surprised with that play call too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously thought there were some bad calls in the game, but, I mean, 16-point lead in the second half. Got to Got to close that out. Uh, by the way, on that play, uh, I'm not sure if everyone is aware of this. Uh, Fox certainly made zero note of this, which blows my mind. Scotty, I know you were there, so you probably didn't know from, from inside there either. Uh, J.J. McCarthy was in because Cade McNamara was actually in the medical tent. Yeah, uh, I did not hear anything about that either. I, I could not. The First of all, that Fox broadcast was atrocious. Mm-hmm. It was an absolute train wreck. Yeah. Unfortunate and unbecoming of what that game uh, should have been. Right. But yeah, for us to not know, because I, I was with everyone else. I'm like, I look, JJ just fumbled on the previous possession down there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Michigan got lucky to come away with three even. Yeah. What is he doing back out there? You know, Cade's playing an incredible game, but hey, if McNamara was working through something, you know, this is a guy that you've been setting up for this moment for quite a long time. Just something happened on the exchange, but it wasn't like the coaches were like, we're going to go with JJ here instead of Kate. Kate was working through something. So I think that needs to be put out there for anyone that didn't understand that that was a situation. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about that until like today. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it, I think per it was per the Michigan Football Network. Mm-hmm. Jim Brandsander and company. That's the only way anyone knew. I actually got a text during the game because I, I felt the same way as everyone else. And everyone's like, yeah, apparently Cade's in the medical tent. I'm like, why would Fox not mention anything yeah. about that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was nervous when that play, when he came out to, and I was like, okay, he just fumbled. Um, but you know, I've got trust that he's going to yeah. not make that mistake again. And then very first play. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that play was, was disastrous. Obviously. And got to show, uh, I think, a lot of love to Cade McNamara. Just go over and over the positives yeah, of this game uh, real quick. At Cade McNamara, that was the best game he's played as Michigan Wolverine, no 100%. question. One of the best games a quarterback's played at Michigan. I know it came in a loss, which is super unfortunate. But, yeah. I mean, you, you, you stack some of Shea's best games, some of Denard's best games, Jake Rudock, whoever you can name. This game from Cade McNamara was special. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I, I was like watching, you know, I, I don't want to watch the the bad plays, but I've been watching, trying to find some of the good highlights. And um, I think Jim mentioned it in the press conference today too. One of his throws, he's like falling back as he's, as he has pressure in his face and throws perfect pass to all coming across the middle. And I, th- I think, I think it was third and long too. Um, really good throws. Um, and then the, his last touchdown pass too, I was really impressed with. He had a yeah. lot of really impressive throws. And yeah, I think he had 383 yards. 
Um, yeah, and I, I, th- I thought that that was going to be huge, was getting those plays in the air because Michigan State just doesn't have a good passing defense. Um, so, yeah, I thought I was extremely impressed with Cade. Yeah, 406 total passing yards between Cade and J.J. Obviously, J.J. with the touchdown pass. Uh, mm. Eight and a half yards per pass. Uh, Andrell Anthony, welcome. Yeah. Welcome, Andrell Anthony, man. I mean, yeah, awesome. it, uh, as a true freshman, to be able to come in there. And w- he got limited reps last week. We saw him against Northwestern a little bit. We were excited about his progress. I didn't expect uh, <laughs> Andrell Anthony to introduce himself like yeah. that on Saturday. That was That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, first drive of the game, 93-yard touchdown pass to the kid from East Lansing. At that point, I'm thinking Michigan might run away with things. Um, But, yeah, I mean, huge game. So I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more of him uh, throughout the rest of the season. CB Williams asks, what do y'all think about the officials? So so here's here's my thing on uh, what we saw Saturday. I actually didn't have a huge problem with the on-field officiating i thought there were a a couple missed calls both ways i thought uh there was a pretty blatant defensive pass interference on that fourth down not called on cornelius johnson i thought aj henning got interfered with on the possession before uh when they took a shot at the end zone uh my beef is is with the replay officials you know more more so than anything by far because obviously the strip sack fumble they had there was absolutely no reason to overturn that not even a lick of evidence that was even close i i don't care what anyone says the ball was starting to move as soon as peyton thorne got hit i personally thought the first touchdown from kenneth walker i when you look at it the ball as he's holding it is behind his foot and starting to come loose as the foot is touching the goal line, which leads me to believe that the ball had not quite crossed the goal line just yet. Uh, The the replay officials, all of them, uh, it was five, six, or or seven replays in that game, and not a single one of them went Michigan's way, and the logic was inconsistent between each and every one of them. So my biggest pet peeve, my biggest issue was with the replay officials in this game. Yeah, I agree. The replays were not great, especially the Hutchinson touchdown. I mean, you got to go with the call on the field there. There is no angle that could overturn that, and it has to be 100% conclusive evidence to overturn a call. Absolutely no reason that should be overturned. Um, Yeah, like you said, a couple missed calls, but yeah, the replays were bad. And another play that I just didn't – also on the Kenneth Walker fumble, I never saw like an angle like across the goal line. You would Which is weird. That, I, right? Yeah. Like, that's got to be the – I mean, that's the best angle you can see for a ball going across the plane. Um, so I don't know why I never saw that angle being used. Um, but also on one of um, Michigan State's – I just never got a good look at this, so I'm curious if you did. On one of the two-point conversions, um, they came down with it. And I think – I don't remember who it was, but our or the Michigan defender. It was DJ away. Turner. Yeah, he comes away with it. Um, yeah, and I didn't really. I see actually, it. I, I looked at that. I think that was. I think that was Reed. They actually went and reviewed, and they confirmed it. And, and looking on replay, looked like Reed got two feet down. He had control, yeah. and DJ after after like two more steps, he was able to rip it away. I didn't have a problem with that one. I thought okay. that was a pretty good call. Yeah, yeah, I was curious about that one because I never really saw a good um, replay of it. So, but yeah, it, I mean, make a, you make a good point here, Scotty. Is that okay? The first replay of the game is Kenneth Walker's touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. And, okay, it, it's close. They couldn't find enough evidence to overturn it. Mm-hmm. All right. 
that's the precedent that you set. And that is what the rule is, right? Like mm-hmm. that you need confirmation. You yes. need absolute evidence to overturn it. So I had no problem with it. But then, then you do the thing where you overturn the strip sack fumble with no, no clear cut evidence. Then on the one possession, I think it was Reed again. He made the catch. It was a short pass. Remember, he had to come back for it. You couldn't tell. His gloves, first of all, matched the exact color of yes, the grass. Yes. So you could not tell if he got both hands under that football. It was yeah. very close. Yeah. Again, not enough evidence to overturn, yet they overturned. That yeah. is my problem, is the logical inconsistencies from replay to replay. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing with the refs. I was just talking to my dad about this. Consistency. If they're not going to – if they're going to – like I've, I've noticed – some they, I, there seem to be some misholding calls um, on Hutch uh, that I that oh, well I, yeah that, I mean that's happens they, every they, week. Miss, they, they miss about five a game on him yeah and it's just yeah it just comes down to consistency I mean you can't you can't do that for like you said the catch that Reed had and the the fumble at the goal line for Walker you can't do that but then overturn and then overturn right. Hutchinson's I mean there's just no evidence for that got to be consistent so it, and it's frustrating and look. I, I get it. There's a lot of people that are like, you can't blame the refs. And I agree. Michigan had their chances yeah, to win this 100%, 100%. game. 100%. But, I, but I'm also on the camp that I firmly believe that officiating and replay has an impact on the game, which, yeah, of course, it does. It's illogical to think otherwise here. So I, I think that's that's all part of it. And, you know, hey, Michigan State, they caught the breaks in this game. Sometimes you need to catch the breaks to, to win a game like this. It was an all-out war out there. Was. And, you know, Michigan State, they were able to capitalize on it a little bit, whereas, you know, Michigan couldn't quite get over that. And you got to give State credit for that. But I also think, like, I guess my silver lining takeaway from this game, though, right, is that, you know, Michigan made enough plays to win this game. And when I say that, I mean, with the the strip sack fumble, you know, obviously Michigan ends up with more points. That's a play that happened. It's yeah. not a hypothetical play. You know, it happened. It got inexplicably overturned. Uh, obviously, Michigan doesn't get credit for the win, but they played good enough to win, I guess is my point. They didn't go out there and lay an egg in a rivalry game. You know what I'm saying? We've yeah. seen that how many times under Jim exactly. Harbaugh. Yeah. So yeah. I think I, I think there I, I think there's some reason for optimism here, but obviously mm-hmm. The not finishing, man. This this continues to be a problem. It really does. And yeah, I mean, the season is not over. I mean, we got four more games. Um, Michigan. You got to think. I mean, you got to think Ohio State's going to be Michigan State. Ohio State looks like clear, clearly the best team in the Big Ten right now. Michigan State still plays Penn State too. There's, there's, Mm -hmm. they play at Purdue. That's going to be a tough game too. Only two and a half point favorites in that one. You got to think that Michigan State's going to lose at least one. Michigan needs them to at least to lose two. Um, so it, it very well could end up coming down to that game against Ohio State. Versus well, well, that's the thing too is you technically. So the scenario is there. That's why this season is far from lost. Oh, yeah. You know, I, everyone wants to jump ship. Michigan's still in the top ten, mm-hmm. and I I saw someone mention it. Uh, they they said you know we asked about what is you know the the rest of the season outlook for Michigan. They said not the college football playoff. That's not necessarily true. Obviously, obviously Michigan is going to need to beat Ohio State, but they were at anyway. If Michigan <laughs> wins this game on Saturday, now Michigan State controls their own destiny. Don't get yes. me wrong. If they win out, they're they're going to Indy and they got a shot at the college football playoff. But if Ohio State beats Penn State or uh, Michigan State. 
this game Saturday ultimately still is going to come down, you know, to Ohio State. If Michigan wins that game Saturday, the Penn State game doesn't mean as much because you still need to beat Ohio State down the road anyway. If Ohio State beats Michigan State, if Michigan somehow beats Ohio State this year, all three end with, you know, one loss in the conference. Ohio State's going to have two losses, and by that time, Michigan will have run the table. Michigan State will have a late loss. There's a good chance Michigan is ranked a little bit higher than Michigan State. There's a good chance Michigan would get the nod to go to Indy in a three-way tie for the Big Ten East. Now, this is all hypothetical and sounds like a pipe dream, but I'm just laying out the potential scenario of what we could see. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's still a ton to play for this season. 100%, yeah. I mean, 11-1. and you mean, Ohio, Ohio State is the is the big rivalry, you know. Harbaugh hasn't he's beaten Michigan State, yeah, he hasn't beaten Tucker. Those are games that Michigan needs to win, but yeah. Ohio State's still the big one, you know. Um, and I don't know if you ever, and I I don't really like to pay too much attention to these because you know they they aren't right. But the I, I just noticed and I thought it was weird on the um, ESPN college football playoff predictor today. I saw that Michigan still has a higher percentage in there, whatever they use. Um, to figure out percentages to make the playoff. But Michigan was at 20% and Michigan State was at 16%. Um, but yeah, there's a ton There's a ton still to play for. I think that all of Michigan's goals of the season can still be achieved. I, I 100% agree. And that's the, if you win out, does this game still sting? Yeah, but does it sting a whole hell of a lot less? Also, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I, I mean, it, it's still there. Now, if you finish 10-2 and two and you got two losses to Michigan State and Ohio State, and you end up going to the Capital One Bowl or whatever. Yeah. Like it was a great season given expectations. Yeah. But your two losses to Michigan State and Ohio yeah. State, that's that's not a lot of fun. And that's the thing. You tell people at the beginning of the year that Michigan goes ten and two. I think most people would be happy. But then once you start the season seven and zero, up to number six in the country, those expectations are back to being sky high. And yeah, now if we are go if Michigan goes ten and two with a lot another loss to Ohio State. I, I don't think anybody's going to say that this was a successful season. Which is, which obviously, like, if you go back to early before September and you you say 10 and 2, but lots of Michigan State, Ohio State, half the people are going to be like, no, that still sucks. But there's a, there's a yeah. good, you know, chunk of the half that's like, no, that would be kind of awesome because I think this team's going to win five or six games. Right. And, I, and also at the beginning of the season, nobody saw Michigan State being a, a good team. So if I was right. told at the beginning of the year Michigan was going to lose to Michigan State, I, I would be thinking we that Michigan would be losing to a three or four win team. Right. Um, but I mean, going into Michigan State as top ten team, obviously, is not an easy game. Uh, I want to uh, highlight this one by Guadalupe Gonzalez. Said I'm impressed by how they didn't hang their head after this loss. That alone gives me confidence that we can finish strong. Hopefully MSU loses along the way as well. Uh, I got to agree. I, I've liked kind of what I've seen in the aftermath here from the, the coaches and the players. Uh, there's doesn't seem to be a lot of sulking. There seems to be maybe a little extra, you know, motivation moving forward. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously the, the proof's going to be in the pudding Saturday night when they take on Indiana. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're talking they had a players only meeting here today third one of the season apparently according to mike sanders still mm-hmm. um they are and we've we've said all along right scotty that this team kind of does feel different obviously yeah. didn't get the job done on saturday but from a mentality uh mental perspective here th- this team does feel different and Definitely. if they come out and they are able to dominate indiana on saturday night you might get me to start believing a little bit again yeah 
Yeah, I mean, you look at back at, at other at other great teams in the past, and losses happen. Um, and we kind of talked a lot about how Michigan was responding to adversity in game, you know, against Wisconsin, um, tough road environment, kind of uh, the end of the first half, that late touchdown. That was some adversity. Um, Nebraska, obviously, tons of adversity faced in that. Um, but yeah, I'm really curious to see how they how they come back after a loss. And Indiana is always a team that gives Michigan a good fight. Um, and I think and always in November, man. Yeah, exactly. They, and I think they're better. They're better than their record indicates this year. I and mean, we were talking on the Pick and Podcast a couple weeks ago just about how tough that schedule is. They've got what like four top ten losses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean they've got it's 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 gonna we're gonna find out a lot again. I think we feel like we've said that a lot um, this year, but we will find out a lot about the team. They, they, they lost a game, so we'll see how they can respond. And in the past, you know, it's it's been noted many times under Jim Harbaugh that November has just not been a good month for him. And this needs, quite honestly, needs to be his strongest November yeah. since he's been here. I think the, that Penn State game is, is really big. Um, if Michigan loses that one and yeah. Ohio State and goes 9-3, and three, then – I mean, who, who who do we have? Did Michigan have any good wins? If that happens, and even Penn State's five and three, so yeah, gotta win. Well, I mean, quite honestly, who knows? Wisconsin might be the team to come out of the West with what's yeah. going on yeah. over on that side. It might come down to that Wisconsin Minnesota game. It's kind of starting to look that way, isn't well, it? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, obviously that would end up being a, a good win for them, but gotta win that Penn State game that's that's the marquee one now right like yeah. that one wouldn't have really even mattered if mm-hmm. Michigan wins this game Saturday if you give given that they take care of business against Indiana and Maryland yeah but that game that the Penn State game would have ultimately not mattered at all yeah. so, if Michigan gets this win on Saturday that now the margin of error is completely gone on this season for yeah. this team yeah gotta win out now gotta win out man so like we said and, and you know I see a lot of people talking about it I'm actually I'm actually impressed with the comments here, and I'm a little bit surprised. I thought we were going to get a whole lot more doom and gloom here yeah. tonight yeah. Uh, than we've had, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, right here. Also, let's let's talk about this as well. Yeah. This is true. I was GD, say, that was a major difference in the game. GDRCO, please, God, no more field goals. I love Jake Moody, but come the F on. Let's finish a drive. And my God, man, I couldn't agree more with that. Field goals, f- what, five of them? Uh, yeah. On Saturday, Four you know, I, that was the literally just game. literally just score one more touchdown. That was the difference in the game. Michigan State got down there and they scored a touchdown every time. Yep. Um, and Michigan, yeah, like like you said, I love Jake Moody. It's great having a kicker like Jake Moody because um, he's extremely consistent. Um, and yeah, he's a great kicker. Um, but yeah, gotta finish out those drives. That that's that really ended up being the difference in the game. Um, Michigan State, I think had I want to say five or seven punts. I don't remember exactly what it was. We had two. Um, yeah, we, we Michigan got down there and they just couldn't finish it off and Michigan State did. Yeah, you, you. and this has been a problem for Michigan this year. I don't know exactly what happens in the red zone. Uh, you know, I've been, I've been watching a lot of, you know, Steven's videos and uh, Space Coyotes videos, trying to, trying to figure out exactly what's going wrong in the, in the red zone. I don't know if it's, if it's play calling might be execution. Maybe it's a lack of ingenuity. I, I'm not really sure. It might be a combination of all of those things, yeah. but it has to get corrected yeah. at the end of the day. It has to. 
Yeah, this this game felt a lot like the the 2017 season uh, where that was a major struggle, just getting down into the red zone seemingly every possession, just field goals, field goals, field goals. And that's the thing in the first quarter, Michigan should have been up 21 nothing. Yeah. Blake, if Blake Cora makes that catch, he looked like he had a lot of space. Um, and then the field goal to make it 10 0. There's uh, the bad holding call, obviously, derailed uh, the hopes of yep. that. That would have set up first and goal at like the five. Got to think they would have been able to punch it in from there. Um, yeah, I mean, it seemed like Michigan was dominating the game in the first quarter. And then all of a sudden, it's 13 7. Michigan State's got the ball and takes the lead right after that. There were a lot of chances to put the game away that Michigan just didn't capitalize on. Yeah, uh, 100%. And you go back and you look at some of the missed opportunities. You talked about it. The the one to Corum was huge. Uh, yeah. That was kind of a really bad holding call on Andrell Anthony, I thought. Yeah. That, and that's the thing, too, man. Those are the those are the breaks in the game that we yeah. talk about. Again, it's not that, you know, uh, officiating necessarily decides the game, but it is absolutely a factor and, and a little ticky tack call like that goes from first and five to, you know, first and goal from the 20 instead. Right. And that four point swing ends up being the difference in the game. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, uh, but in all fairness, again, Michigan had a 16 point lead. Yeah. No, the, in the, the, second the refs half. are not to blame for the loss. Like, man, Michigan blew it. Yeah, they, they, they really did. And uh, again, I, I let, now let's talk about, uh, Tyler Budosh here. He said, let's be 100 for a second. Does Michigan have any chance at beating Ohio State? Um, and just looking back on this game as a barometer, um, outgained Michigan State by 160 yards, two yards per play more than Michigan State in this game. Michigan, eight and a half yards per play. Michigan State, six and a half yards per play. Cade McNamara, fantastic. We mentioned it. If Andrell Anthony keeps getting better, at the end of the day, I think there's a, a situation where Michigan can beat anyone. Would I pick Michigan to beat Ohio State? I'm, I'm obviously not. You know, I mean, let's let's be. You know, uh, you know, it, it is what it is at this point right now. But I think Michigan can play with just about anyone. But you got to clean up some things. Mm-hmm. The defensive substituting. I mean. That that's the thing too yeah. is it, it always seems like on the road in a big game the staff I, I don't know if do you think they outsmart themselves Scotty uh, because yeah. how do you not call a timeout on that touchdown run from Michigan State no idea like uh, you know it, it happened stuff like that happens but when it happens I think it happened at least three times in that game three yeah. to five I would say I just I don't understand I I don't see that from Ohio State so that needs to be cleaned up for sure. Um, but yeah, I would say Michigan definitely has a chance. Michigan's a good team. They played well enough to win that game on Saturday. Um, yeah, yeah, I, the thing about Ohio state is, you know, you watch them against Penn state on Saturday and that looks like a team that Michigan can be Ohio state. They, they almost got a, you know, Penn state had chances at the end to win that game. But the thing is, is Ohio state's going to play their best game against Michigan. Michigan state plays their best game against Michigan. Um, so I wouldn't pick Michigan to win the game, but. I think they definitely have a chance. Uh, we also got this one from Tyler Budosh. How did Michigan own MSU's offensive line so much, but let Walker run over them so much? So this was the problem. We talked with it uh, about Steven for a little bit going into this game is how the linebackers were going to perform in this matchup. And I, I thought it was one of the worst performances uh, from a unit out there. What was the linebackers uh, containing Kenneth Walker? Obviously one of the long touchdown runs off to the right, 
I had no idea when the Kai Hill green was doing. Uh, he he kind of just jumped into where every, where the gap was filled already. And, and Walker was able to bounce it out and take it to the yeah. house. I mean, it, it's just little things like that. And we had concerns about the linebacking group coming into this year. And this was the game where it finally reared its ugly head. Yeah. There were a lot of big plays for Walker that, I just missed tackles and there was somewhere it was looking yeah. like he was going to have a loss of two yards and then he busted for a 20 yard run. Uh, and that, and that kind of stuff just can't happen too many, way too many missed tackles on Walker. And, you know, you got to give him credit. He's obviously a great running back, almost 200 yards, five touchdowns. Um, but a lot of it was just plays that should have been made that weren't. Yeah, he was stopped. I mean, Kind of, kind of like the Le'Veon Bell thing out there, except he was just like he yeah. ran into the the center of the line. There was nothing there. Michigan had it played perfectly, and he just there there was no contain, and no yeah. gap fill, and he just bounced it out. And you know yep. he he's tough to tackle in the open field. Give him all he the is. credit in the world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, that again, yeah, that's a good point. Very disappointing, you know. And as we're you know trying to relive this thing, yeah, just so many missed opportunities, and that yeah. is. At the end of the day, though, that's kind of been the story of the Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. It really has been. And it's it's one of those games, and it's just like the 2016 Ohio State, seem, uh, 2017 Ohio State, there's so many plays that forever I just live in my head that I think about that Michigan could have made <laughs> to win the game. So just, an, just another one of those games. And, well, uh, the good news is back at it here this week. Um Taking on Indiana, seven thirty. Hate that. Yeah, quite a bit. What is what? What is the deal with the seven thirty start time against Indiana on Saturday? Yeah. I have no idea, but uh, I guess I'll be at the stadium uh, in the press box until about two in the morning. So looking forward to that. That's, yeah, that's brutal for you, <laughs> yeah. for sure, man. I mean, it's it's not like this is should be a big primetime matchup. Like, look, no Michigan has to dominate this game from start yeah. to finish and yeah. get back on track. Mm-hmm. And I think that they will. They're going to come out with their hair on fire. I think. I. I still. I still. You know. Maybe. Uh, maybe I'm too optimistic. I don't know. But I still really do think that the mentality of this team is different from years past. And I really mm-hmm. think that. You know. I, I remember the 2015 team um, after the very deflating loss to Michigan State on the trouble with the snap. Um, it seemed. It. They, they never really seemed to get back to how they looked before the Michigan State game. You know, they played a a Minnesota team the following week that they were far better than. And I mean, that came down to a fourth and fourth and goal from the two inch line. Michigan did get the big stop to win 29, 26. Um, you know, I think they had the two overtime win against Indiana that year too. Um, and they just never really seemed to get back to where they were. Uh, but I, I really think that they're going to bounce back well uh, after this loss. So I, I would not, I, I'm going to pick Michigan to cover on the pick and podcast this week. I'll tell you that. Like you, you bring up a good point because we see it a lot, particularly in college athletics, when a team plays arguably their best game of the year, and Michigan probably, I think you could argue is at least offensively it was their best game of the yeah. year. Defensively, maybe not. Yeah. But w- when you leave it all on the line, you play fantastically, and you still come up with a loss. The amount that it deflates you is really hard to yeah. to quantify, you yeah. know, and it, it's a, it's a true thing. And I, I'm glad to hear that they had the players meeting because yeah. it's not like there's, there's dysfunction or anything like that. They just need to r- remind themselves to get into the right headspace. 
and go out if look if they go out and play like they did against Michigan State against Indiana I think against Penn State and against Maryland I think they should win all three of those games and have one loss going into Ohio State but you have to mentally get back on that plane and that's that's a huge task that we're going to find out about Saturday night yeah definitely yeah I mean the defense yeah I I think that was the best offensive game of the year Um, besides the you know got to get the red zone figured out Um, defense has has some cleaning up to do but also I don't think Michigan's going to face another running back like Kenneth Walker um and I, I think Thornell didn't that's, and that's no disrespect to Travion Williams that's just you know I mean, showing you how good Kenneth Walker yeah, is really I mean he's I think he's going to be in New York for sure um mm-hmm. in December and he's a great running back so um so yeah I really I do I do really like Michigan's chances to to be sitting at 10 and 1 going into that Ohio State game set up a, a huge game which yeah set yourself up for a potential letdown on that one right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't think I'll have my hopes up uh up too much for that one <laughs> yeah that, but but again still a lot of season a lot of things yeah. uh left to play for in, yeah, in this 100%. season i i i still liked what i saw obviously a super disappointing result yeah um but i'm not ready to give up quite yet uh, i see we we got some talk about jim in the, in the comments and hey i'm not gonna berate you for it i i totally understand it i'm ready to see how the rest of the season plays out before i get there but i i definitely get where you guys are coming from uh, in that regard, because again, the at the end of the day, the rivalry games do mean a little bit more. Yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, you have to you can beat Washington and Wisconsin and get some nice wins, beat Penn State, but now you're below 500 against Michigan State, winless against Ohio State, and quite honestly, it's just not acceptable. But a win over Ohio State changes. A lot. Just ask James Franklin. He's just lost yeah. three in a row. No one's like, ah, oh, get rid of James Franklin, yeah. you know, because they, they won a Big Ten title one year and beat Ohio State, you know? Yep. Yeah. And and the thing is about the Michigan State loss is there's I, – I get it. I get it with, with um, Ohio State. You know, when Harbaugh came here, they were already very, very good. Um, they've built a dynasty. Um, obviously, got, if you're going to coach at Michigan, you got to beat Ohio State. They're the main rival. You got to beat Ohio State. But I you know I obviously I, Ohio State's a great team. I understand losing to them. Michigan State at this point, there really is no excuse nope. for Harbaugh to be. I mean, they had three and nine season. D'Antonio got ran out of there. New coach. They were atrocious last year. There's there's just no there really is no excuse to be losing to Michigan State at this point. No, it's the recruiting from like, Michigan State's better. There's no excuse. I uh I said before the season that Michigan State, you know, was a must win. I tapered on that a little bit because of what Michigan State's become. And, uh-huh. you know, Mel Tucker's done a fantastic job hitting the portal. He's really turned over that yeah. roster. He's, He's got talent. Coach. He's got speed. Obviously, it's not the team that it was last year, but you still lost to them last year at yeah. the end of the day, too. Unacceptable. No matter yeah. what, I don't COVID year, whatever. Um, I tapered on it a little bit, but again, I'm I'm back with you guys. If you want to argue, you know, that maybe if he doesn't beat Ohio State this year, it's time to move on. You can have that conversation. I'll reevaluate how I feel about that towards the end of the year. But right now, he still hasn't playing good football this year, man. And that's, again, disappointing outcome. Super disappointing on Saturday. But it's not like, I said this at the top of the show, it's not like they went out there and laid an egg and didn't play well. And that's the, that might even hurt worse for me right now is that yeah. they they were prepared they did go out there and play well and every single break 
in the game went against them and they weren't good enough to overcome that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look back and like you said, every, I can't think of one break in the game that went Michigan's way. Um, and it wasn't even enough to hold the 16 point lead. Uh, the two point conversions, just one stop there would have been huge. Couldn't get it. Um, yeah, definitely. I would say that the, uh, the, the blowouts sometime are less painful. You don't get your hopes up kind of Ohio state in like 20, 20, uh, 19, I think it was, uh, 56 27 the 62 39 game those ones didn't hurt as bad as the ones yesterday because you knew that we were going to lose pretty quick but ones like yesterday that come down to the wire i think i think hurt a little bit more i agree with you 100 man i did not have a good saturday no no (laughs) all day all day it it ruined literally everything for me yeah it was it was not fun i think i told you i i was watching in east lansing and was planning on staying the weekend and the game ended and I drove to Chicago to see my girlfriend because <laughs> I was so upset with the outcome of that game. <laughs> I And again, don't blame you. You got to yeah. do something, man. Exactly. I, I'm very glad. That was, uh, that was like 2015. I couldn't, I, I was, you know, there for that game. I was actually working that game uh, oh, yeah. with Fox 17 down in Grand Rapids. And I was just, I had, I wanted to go like drink afterwards, but like I was so numb to it, to everything that it didn't even have an effect on me. So it wasn't even fun. It was just, yeah, just not, it's not enjoyable when when games like that happen. And why do they always happen against Michigan State? I don't understand. It's the worst. Oh, man. Well, we move on. The game is over. Still plenty to play for if you're the Michigan Wolverines. And Saturday night is going to tell us a lot, I think about how the rest of the season is going to shape up. Scotty, where can we find you on social media? What you got going on this week, my man? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter um, at Scotty White underscore. You can give me a follow. I'm at all of the uh, press conferences Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday for Michigan. Um, getting some player, player and coaches quotes, uh, posting some articles there. Um, so that's where you will find me on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Gierdy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Uh, We are over 5,000. Really appreciate you guys that have subscribed. Again, we're going to be doing this every Monday night at 7.30. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here in the YouTube comments. For those of you listening on the podcast, uh, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review as well. And if you didn't know, you can come hang out with us every Monday night on the Mason Brew YouTube page. That's going to do it for us for Scotty White. I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.